everyone. Today I'm with Lindsay. She's from the United States and she's currently teaching English at a private academy, aka Hakwon, in Busan, Korea. In this interview, we are going to talk about how she became an English teacher in Korea and what our life is like here. Hello, please introduce yourself. Sure, hello, my name is Lindsay. I am 24 years old and I currently live and teach English in Busan, South Korea. How did you first hear about Korea? Um, like most people nowadays, I was introduced to Korea through pop culture. So K-pop and K-dramas was originally how I became interested in Korea. Oh, when was the year? Like you were like teenagers? In teenagers? It was. So it was New Year's Eve of 2018, exactly. <laughs> oh, you remember the date? I oh. know the date. Yeah, because it was New Year's, so it's pretty significant. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so since 2018, yeah. So you first hear, heard about like K-pop and K-dramas and you started to know about Korea. And mm -hmm. then which aspects kind of grabbed your attention? So piggybacking off of my last answer, pop culture for sure. Um, and then once I was listening to the music and watching the dramas, I decided to start studying um, Korean. So the language really drew me in. And then from there, I was interested in um, the cultural dynamic because it's a collectivist culture versus an individualistic culture like I was used to. I started learning about the geography of the country the architecture, the agriculture, the cuisine. So all of those elements became very interesting to me. First, you started with K-pop and then you were kind of drawn, drawn into like Korean language, geography and all stuff. Then you decided to kind of travel Korea, right? Mm -hmm. Later? Yes. So when was the travel year? I traveled in 2019. Oh, so like in one year, you kind of decided to visit Korea and see all like Korean culture and stuff? Yes. Yeah, so about a year and a half after I started learning about Korea. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that's kind of quick mm. since a lot of people like from different countries, they kind of learn about Korean stuff and then they dream about visiting Korea. But then it takes uh -huh. years to actually visit Korea. But your case is kind of quick. Yeah, I was at a point in my life where I had the opportunity to come pretty soon after my interest developed so i took it okay so what was the opportunity like um so it was for my internship um mm -hmm. so in college i was required to do an internship uh, as part of my program and so since i was also independently studying the korean language at the time i thought it was the perfect opportunity to combine two of my biggest interests at the time which were agriculture and um, korean language so I thought spending two months in the Korean countryside was a good way to learn about organic farming practices in East Asia and also immerse myself in the language and culture. So you came to Korea, but it was countryside. Yes, I spent <laughs> most of my time in the country. I didn't visit the city until maybe a month after I came. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you like the experience? I loved the experience, yes. That's the reason I decided to come back to live here. Do you think there is a difference between like the capital of Korea, Seoul, versus countryside of Korea? Um, yes, there's a huge difference. 
I've always said that the duality of Korea is very stark. So it's such a small country, but you have Seoul and Busan, which are large metropolitan areas. And then so close is the countryside. So they're very, they're right next to each other, but they're, they are very different. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest difference between the metropolitan cities and the countryside of Korea? Um, definitely the population. There's a lot more people, but the age um, of the populations as well. So most of the young people are living in the cities. Um, in the countryside, you have a lot of the older people. So that's probably one of the biggest differences. Mm. You're now living in Busan, right? Yes. The, the, like the big city in Korea? <laughs> yeah. For the first time in Korea, you came to Korea for two months. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any like interesting episodes? Any like culture shocks or like difficulties or unexpected episodes you've had? Yeah, so when I first came to Korea, I was an extremely picky eater. Um, so when I first told my parents that I wanted to come to Korea, they their, one of their first questions to me was, well, what are you going to eat? Because you don't eat anything that they eat. I was like, well, I eat rice, so I'll survive, I think. Um, so that was definitely the biggest, I think, culture adjustment. I wouldn't call it a shock because I knew it was coming, but the biggest adjustment I had to make was for the food because I was just so picky. But um, luckily, Korean food is very delicious. So I was able to eat really well (laughs) when I came here. Did you have any experience about Korean food before visiting Korea? No, I had never tried Korean food beforehand because where I live in America is pretty rural. So we don't have a lot of Korean restaurants. Oh, so your first experience of Korean food was actually in Korea. And like the first time you liked it. Yeah, the first food I had was actually jajangmyeon. Jajangmyeon. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was an easy one to start with, but it was very delicious. (laughs) Like the word you said picky about food. Was it because you were um, vegetarian or vegan or? No. No? Just like you're kind of. I guess I could call it a fear. Like I was just afraid to try new things. So you're afraid of trying new food Uh and new cuisine. Okay. Yeah. So I would always hold back because I was afraid. But then you liked Korean food. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, since I when I came here, I knew that I had to try the food if I was going to survive. Plus, I did not want to be rude to my hosts, so I wanted to eat the food that they provided for me. Um, so yeah, I just went in for it and got over my fear. Oh, that's great. Um, do you have your favorite Korean food? Uh, something I love is samgyeopsal. <laughs> <laughs> so you went back to the States in, after two months? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you started to kind of look for a job in Korea. So when I went back after those two months, I still had to finish school. So I had another two semesters to go. Um, So that's, I guess, when I started planning ahead, that that was something that I wanted to do was explore the option to teach in Korea. And then COVID happened um, in that time. So while I was home, I decided I would become certified to teach English as a second language. Um, That course itself took about three months. And then once I was certified, I yet started looking for jobs. Hmm. So what actually made you to get a job in Korea? 
Um, because I had such a wonderful experience during my internship, I really wanted to experience living in Korea versus just being a tourist because mm -hmm. I feel like you get a different sense of the country when you live there versus just visiting. Um, so I really wanted to, to experience that. Can you explain a little bit about the process of applying jobs in Korea as an English teacher? Mm -hmm. um, so like I said, the first thing is to either get certified to teach English as a second language, or if you have a degree in English language, then you don't have to get certified necessarily. Um, and then after that, for me, what my process was, after the certification, I applied to the EPIC program, which is the public school program in Korea. Um, so I interviewed with them and I passed the interview. But before I sent over my documents, I had second thoughts. Um, so I decided to explore the private school sector before I committed to anything. So to do that, I reached out to some recruiters that had been vetted by my um, TEFL Academy. Um, they, the recruiters, um, connected me to different schools that they work with. I did interviews with them and received offers. So once I found one that I liked, I accepted the contract and then we started the visa paperwork process and I was in Korea before I knew it after that. <laughs> How long did the whole process took? I think from the start, before I started my course, which I think I started in November of 2020, I started my course. And then I was in Korea in August of 2021. So okay. pretty lengthy process. Mm -hmm. And because you were actually going to go to the public school and then you kind of changed in between. So maybe that took the process kind of longer. Um, once you, I think once you start looking for jobs, the process is very fast. Unless mm. you're very picky about it. Um, but once, once I decided I wasn't doing public school, I had a private school job very fast after that. Mm, okay. So you talked about the recruiters. Mm -hmm. They are the ones who help you find the, the private academies in Korea. So the academies, they hire the recruiters to find them employees. Um, so each recruiter works with different schools throughout Korea. And yep, they, the recruiter sets up the interviews. They do the correspondence between you and the school. They help you with your flights and getting to Korea and all your visa paperwork and all of that. So how do you actually find them online? You could simply just do a Google search um, and find them that way. There's lots of websites that have job postings um, through different recruiters. Or like me, I used my academy that I got certified under. They have a list of recruiters that they have vetted. Um, so it felt safer to go through that. Or you could use Facebook groups. Um, there are tons of teachers who are trying to find replacements for themselves or recruiters who post jobs on Facebook groups. So those are just some of the ways you can look for jobs. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of different recruiters you can actually contact. Yes, there is a and lot. How do you know if they're the real ones or the like good ones? There really is no way to tell. <laughs> I think you have to kind of ask around in the community if people have had good experiences or bad experiences with them. That's the only way to really know. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, so you actually kind of have to be a picky you about do. the recruiters and stuff because they are actually getting hired from the academy. So, you know, it's not <laughs> like they're going to give you like the best options or best refers and stuff, right? Yeah, they get paid to place you. So they really just want to place you and they may place you in a bad school because um, it doesn't matter to them at that point. But yeah, so you have to be picky and you have to do your research and ask the right questions. So what is the most important thing, do you think, to consider when looking for a job as an English teacher in Korea? Um, the most important thing to consider when looking for a job? Um, I guess just you want to make sure that you can do it. You know, you don't want to get here and then realize you miss your family or because you're signing up for a year of your life. So for some people, that's hard to do. And um, so you have to be prepared for the loneliness and having to make friends, adjust to a new culture and all of that. It's it's really different at first and can be difficult for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with your homesick if you had any? I definitely did have some homesick feelings, especially around Christmas, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're not with your family. I think the best way is to have a good group of friends here who you can hang out with. Also, I'm able to call my family a lot, so that's nice. I'm still, you know, connected to them. Um, so yeah, I think just surrounding yourself with good people who you can spend time with is a good way to deal with the homesickness. When you first moved to the country that you've never lived before, it can be kind of hard to actually make friends here, right? Or challenging for someone. Mm -hmm. So do you have any tips for them just to make new friends in Korea? Um, I don't know if I have tips. I don't necessarily have a method, mm -hmm. but I think even when I first came here for the farming, I just made friends with the people that I worked with. So on the first farm, I made friends from Thailand, and then I made friends from Malaysia and Hong Kong when I was working on the farms. And then when I started teaching, it was just kind of I made friends with my coworkers. I was lucky that at my first job, um, the girl who was hired at the same time as me, we were very similar, and we became best friends, and we are still best friends today. So it was nice to have her always. And now starting this new job, I also met a girl right away um, and we clicked immediately and we are best friends now too. So I have a lot of good coworkers. I'm lucky in that sense that I can be friends with. Otherwise, I just kind of make friends by association. So my friend knows this person, so then I'll meet that person. Generally, that's how I go about making friends. Yeah. I think that's a really great way of making new friends in here actually. So let's talk about the process again. So mm -hmm. like you first was planning to actually go to the public school and then mm -hmm. you kind of changed your plan and uh, went to the private school. Do you yes. have any reason of changing? Yes, there were several reasons. Um, so I did a pros and cons list of working in public versus private. And um, there are a lot of differences, lots of similarities. But the biggest thing for me was with public school, I didn't have the option to choose my location. So I would have been randomly placed in the country and I wasn't going to know where I was placed until after I arrived in Korea. So that was really uncertain for me. 
And with the private school, I had more control over where I was going to be living, which I liked. Um, also, private schools tend to pay more than public schools. So I get a higher salary working private than versus public. So that was a big factor as well. But mostly it was location for me and just having the security of knowing where I was going to be living before I got to the country. Do you have a um, specific reason of choosing Busan as your second job? Um, in the few times that I had visited Busan in the past, I really just liked the atmosphere. Um, the people were super nice. It just was a city with a lot of good vibes. Um, I love that I can live right next to the beach. That's great. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just think that people are really nice. I like that it's a big city, so I get the big city life. But I also can easily go to the mountains, to the beach. And everything is pretty much accessible here. Yeah. So you've been here for a while now. Mm -hmm. And what do you think it's the most thing that one can overlook in living in Korea? Something we can overlook about living in Korea? Um, I'd say people might overlook maybe the language um, barrier. Because I know a lot of teachers come over and we're not required to speak Korean to come and live and work here. So sometimes a lot of people don't study Korean at all before they come. And I think it's really important that people do, you know, try to learn Korean, even just a little bit, because it does make a difference in your relationships and your experience living here. So I think that's often overlooked. Some people think they don't need it. They can get by without learning Korean, but I think it's a good skill to have. Yeah, it's kind of like, it helps you to connect with other Koreans more. Right? Mm -hmm, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, can you tell me about the pros and cons of working at a private school now? So pros, a higher base salary and getting to choose your location. You can work with um, younger kids, like kindy age kids, all the way to middle school or high school kids. Um, depending on the hagwon. Um, um, some of the cons, I guess, are that they are businesses, they're run as businesses. So it's not going to function like a school. So sometimes they put the money over, they value money over the student's education. So for some teachers, that can be hard because we want our students to have the best education, but Sometimes the goal of the institution is just to make money and not necessarily provide a quality education. So that can be tough. Sometimes they, since it's not run by the government, they try to um, break some of the rules, I guess. And so there's a lot of shady hagwons out there that unfortunately people end up having bad experiences with, which is why you have to do your research, especially with the private school. So those are some of the cons is that, you know, legally, sometimes they try to get out of things. So the Googling is really important before you come to actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And definitely always asking to speak to a previous teacher. That's probably the biggest thing you should do before you accept a job. <laughs> How do you find the previous teachers, though? So you have to ask the school to give you the contact information of one of their teachers. Oh. But even then, you have to be cautious because if the school is monitoring their emails, maybe they can't tell you things that they want to tell you. So, Or 
there is this thing called a blacklist, which you can Google and then you can search a school's name and see if anybody has posted it on a blacklist as a school to avoid. There's a green list too, so you can see if there's good schools <laughs> that are mentioned. <laughs> For the green list academies, they're they most competitive. I don't know if I would say necessarily, because there are so many academies here in Korea that I feel like there isn't much competition. There's more competition to get into the public school programs. Okay. Actually. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think it's more competitive in public school because you cannot choose the locations and for the pay-wise, you know, they pay less than the private school. I think the public school also is run through the government. So I think there's more support for the teachers as far as initially moving to Korea and then support as while living here. So that might be one of the benefits of public school is if you're not comfortable with all the independence, then the, the government program will help guide you. Also, I think working in the public schools, there's usually only one um, English speaking teacher in the whole school. So that's one teacher per school versus at the Hagwans, you could be working with 20 um, foreign teachers. Um, so there's a lot more job positions available, which is why I think it's more competitive in the public schools because there's only one position per school. So it really depends on what you prefer, like your priorities. Yeah, it definitely comes down to your personal preferences. I think both of them are great. You know, you can have a great experience in either one. Both of them also could be bad. You know, there's bad experiences everywhere as well. So you just have to do your research, like I said, and just be comfortable and confident in what you're doing. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish you had known in advance before visiting Korea? Something I constantly look back on from when I first came is just the transportation system. Mm -hmm. So where I live in America, we don't use public transportation. So I've I had never used a subway system, never taken a public bus um, or a train even. So all of that was very new to me. And I had to learn the metro map. I had to learn about the buses and the trains. So that was um, a hard thing to learn versus now I know how to get anywhere I want to go very easily. So I just think back to if I had known all of this about the transportation system now, how much easier I would have had, <laughs> how much easier my time would have been um, when I first came. Yeah, for the first time, if you never used public transportations before, it was kind of confusing, right? Yeah. So you have to figure out little by little. Mm -hmm. And then you also learn like the different little tricks. Like if you look on the map, you can see which car that you should be in on the metro so you can transfer the fastest, like little things like that you learn to make your life easier. <laughs> <laughs> for Busan, you're living in Busan. I think they're more like their buses are more developed than subways. I think, yeah, there's lots of buses. I don't know if it's necessarily better than Seoul. I haven't necessarily experienced a lot of buses in Seoul, but I generally will take the bus to work sometimes or I'll take the subway. But I did buy a bike, so I've been biking to work now mm -hmm. and just avoiding the public transportation altogether. Um, but I think the traffic in Busan is really bad, actually. I've been told it's a horrible city to drive in. So I think a lot of the buses end up getting stuck in traffic. Uh, so I would prefer to probably take the subway in Busan just because of that. 
I've experienced the drivers are very aggressive compared to other cities in Korea. Yes, they're wild down here. <laughs> they're like scary, actually. Uh huh. They are. Yeah, I would never want to drive here in Busan. <laughs> As a English teacher in Korea, what skills do you think you need to have to work at a Korean academies? To work at a Korean academy, um, well, obviously there's you know being a good teacher and having those qualities. I think, you know, being a foreigner living in Korea and working in Korea, you need to just be willing to go with the flow, I think, mm -hmm. because you have to just learn as you go um, and get used to the way, um, I guess, your relationships with your coworkers are going to be, your relationship with your boss is going to be, because I think the work culture in Korea is very different than America. So just getting used to the dynamic of those relationships. And um, yeah, that's definitely a skill that you need to have. Just being open-minded and flexible. Um, also a good communicator. Yeah, those are some oh. skills. Yeah. Can you give me some examples of culture difference between Korea and the United States? Mm -hmm. I think the work culture here is more intense than in America. and sometimes it depends on your relationship with your boss and you know how your boss is maybe they're very chill so it's okay but i think sometimes people have issues communicating um there's a lot of miscommunication because bosses will say one thing and you'll assume a different thing like what uh, i'm trying to remember an example of what my coworker and i were saying is like our boss will say maybe you can do this and when they say maybe they don't mean maybe, they mean actually do it. <laughs> like, it's not a maybe, it has to be done. They're like, maybe you can do this. And you're like, okay, I'll think about it. But they don't want you to think about it, they want you to do it. <laughs> yeah, like maybe those communications make other teachers kind of being confused about what to do. Yeah, that's why I think just having an open conversation and open communication is important. Like, if you don't know what's going on, you should definitely ask a question just to make sure you're all on the same page because that miscommunication can lead to problems down the road sometimes. Yeah, definitely. How many foreign coworkers do you have in your academy? Um, we have 10 in my academy now. Mm. So is that and a lot compared to other ones? I want to say it's probably average. At my last Hagwon, there were only three of us, so that was low but I interviewed with other schools that had around 20 or so. So those would be larger ones. So I'd think we're in the middle somewhere. So like all different teachers have different classes and different type of classes, like their teachings, or it really depends on academies. It does depend on the academy because at my last academy, I was working with middle schoolers and elementary schoolers and my coworkers and I all shared classes and we would change classes each semester. So we'd all work with the same students versus at my academy now, I'm working with kindergartners. So I have one class of kindergartners that is my class and I will have them for the entire year. So I don't teach um, other classes, I only teach my class unless there's an after-school class, but generally it's just me teaching them, yeah. So you don't really know the age of students until you get to the academy or like it really depends because you said there's this different age gaps from kindergartners to high school, middle schools. So you mm -hmm. actually have to 
have the skills that you can teach kindergartners and then like middle schoolers and high schoolers and stuff. Right. So I think with like with the public school, you're going to mainly be teaching elementary and middle schoolers. You won't be teaching kindy. Um, there's a lot of private school jobs for kindy. So most people who do private end up teaching kindergartners unless you work. If you want daytime hours, you'll be teaching kindergarten. If you are okay working from 2 to 10 p.m., then you'll be teaching elementary and middle schoolers. So it, it, with private school, it depends on if you're a day person or a nighttime person, really, um, with what kind of age you end up teaching. Okay. How do you spend your weekends and after work <laughs> in Korea? Um, after work, I will come home, sometimes exercise, or I'll go out with my coworkers, Actually, my my best friend who I work with and then my Korean co-teacher, we have started going out together on Thursday nights after work and we have a little study session. So she helps us with Korean and we help her with English. So we go to a cafe and then we get dinner together. So we do that every week now. Um, otherwise, I'll you know go out with some other friends or just hang out by myself and relax. But on the weekends, um, lately, I have been going to music festival after music festival after music festival, just because it's festival season and I love Korean hip hop. So I'm always at any of the festivals. So this weekend we have water bombs. So we'll be up in Seoul for that on Saturday. That's amazing. I think you're really enjoying your life in Korea really much and like mm -hmm. in different ways, you know? Yes. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest difference between Korea and United States in general, or people? As far as people go, I think the biggest difference is the collectivist versus individualistic cultures. Um, also, I think Korean people tend to be more introverted and they tend to keep to themselves versus Americans are very outgoing and like loud and I guess friendly. Um, you could call them. So that was a big difference. But for me personally, my personality, I think, matches more with Korea than America. So like when I first came here and I was living on the farm in Changwon, um, my host had told me that they felt very comfortable with me because my essence, they said, felt Korean to them. I wasn't loud or outgoing like they expected me to be. So they said that I I was a comfortable person for them to be around because of that. So that among the people, I think that's the biggest difference between Koreans and Americans. Do you think you kind of notice those differences more as you're living in Korea right now than traveling? I think right now, since I've been living here for quite a while, I don't really notice much anymore because I'm used to it versus the way I felt when I first came, I definitely felt like I noticed that more, um, the differences, yeah. When you first traveled to Korea, you thought you wanted to live in Korea and experience Korea in different ways. Mm -hmm. And then now you lived in Korea for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And do you think there is a difference between traveling and living in Korea? I definitely think there is. I, you know, I often see people who are traveling through versus me who like lives here and I, I just feels different. Sometimes I end up actually back at a place that I had been at when I was just traveling. And it's so weird to know that I'm living in this place, but I had visited it as a tourist. 
so that's definitely weird and i get to know a place very well like i know the roads and the directions and how to get places versus as a tourist i don't know anything i don't know where to go um so yeah i'm just more comfortable overall so where do you picture yourself in five years you think you're gonna still live in korea or going back to the states in five years it's hard to say i definitely staying another year after this definitely um, I think I want to take more Korean classes and maybe try to change my visa. So get on an F visa instead of an E visa. Um, but I'll have to see where things go. But yeah, I want to stay in Korea for longer, definitely. I, I'm having a good time living here. Uh, and there's so much to learn still. I like that I can challenge myself and learn every day when I live here. So, What's the difference between E and F visas? So an F is more of like an actual resident visa. I don't know too much about it, but I just know on an E visa, you're very limited in the work you can do in Korea. And it's more of a short-term visa versus an F visa, you can have more of a long-term visa and you have more job opportunities available to you. If you are able to get an F visa, do you think you're going to try different jobs in Korea other than teaching English? I want to. like. I'm interested in agriculture still. So if I could somehow figure out how to work in that market, that would be very cool. Um, but yeah, it would open up the door for more opportunities for me. Yeah, I think it'll be really amazing for you to have another job and have another experience in Korea yeah. in a few years. Yeah, yeah it'd be exciting. <laughs> what does Korea mean to you? Korea is right now i would call it my home away from home so i feel very comfortable here it's a place that i love living um i love my home too my family is there so that's why i say it's my home away from home i have two homes i guess but yeah korea is like home to me you feel very comfortable in korea mm -hmm. i have friends here i like the relationships i've been able to build so yeah so I think that's about it for today. Thanks so much. It was so interesting and fun to talk to you today about it was your great life. To talk to you too. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Bye.